Hello there. This is Dr. Alan Hedberg, and this is the Psychology Report. Today we're living in a world of considerable amount of unrest and distress, if you will. The stress levels of today are greater right now than they have been for a long time, if ever. Before I talk about my topic today of social unrest and distress, let me just once again introduce you to Trinity Western University, British Columbia, Canada, just about 35 miles outside of Vancouver, a great Christian university, liberal arts university, all kinds of majors, and uh, been there for a long time, well-established university, well-recognized, not only in Canada, but in the United States, and um, attracts students from all over the world. So for a student that has particular interest in international studies or to study with international students, Trinity Western would certainly be a consideration. So go to their website, Trinity Western University, Langley, British Columbia, and check it out. This might be an excellent opportunity for higher education for somebody in your family. Now let's return to what I was talking about. The day and age of distress. American Psychiatric Association did a survey just recently and found out that about 50% of the population, men and women, are experiencing distress at a higher level than has heretofore been the case. It has not been the history to have this level of distress as we're seeing currently. Now, it's not all political. They were sure to find that out, that it was not necessarily political unrest and political distress, although the political scene today is and has contributed to the distress that people are feeling. Here's the situation when you feel distress. You have your sets of values, you have your set of morals, you have your attitudes, you have your behavior patterns well established. And if you can live according to the value systems that you hold and keep consistent with your moral system, your faith, your values, and behave that way, you're at peace. You have a kind of a sense of contentment and a sense of joy and a sense of, uh, of goodness about yourself because there's compatibility. There's congruence between your values and your behavior patterns. That is, in the political world, if you have conservative values and conservative ideas and how the world should be and how our government should be, and then if you vote conservative, you're being compatible. You're being very consistent. Your voting behavior is consistent with your attitudes and your values. But, and therefore, if you feel better about it, you feel calmness about it, if you will. We call that cognitive congruence. However, if you have a behavior pattern which is quite different from your value system, that is, if you believe in conservative values and have conservative attitudes and conservative patterns of life in the past, your family, your voting behavior has always been conservative, and now you vote liberal, you have a disconnect. You have a, a cognitive dissonance, if you will. You have an absence of peace. In fact, you have more distress. You have more stress in your life. You have more uh, disequilibrium in your life. You can't believe one way and behave another and be at peace. And that's why you have distress in your life. And that's what's happening politically now in our world, is that people are being encouraged to vote differently from their value system. 
And that will never give you a sense of peace about it. You'll go on, you may vote that way, but you'll go on feeling like you betrayed or that you have not done the right thing or that you have been incompatible with your own self and how you believe. So the only way that you can really have peace in your life and calmness in your life as compared to anxiety is to make sure your behavior patterns and your value systems match up and that your attitudes match your behavior patterns. So if you think conservatively and vote conservatively, then you'll have compatibility. If you think liberal and you vote liberal, then you'll have compatibility, you say. Now, here's the problem that's developed in our country. We have a press. We have the media that is very committed to a liberal agenda, to a liberal candidate, Hillary. The press, 80% of the press, is known to prefer Hillary as the next president. So they are propagating a message for all of us that Hillary is Miss Wonderful and Mr. Trump is Mr. Awful, you see? So when you read the papers and you listen to the news, you're going to get that message that Hillary is the preferred candidate and you are encouraged to vote for her, even if you don't have liberal attitudes and liberal value systems. So you're caught in this dilemma. Do I vote for somebody who's liberal when I really am a conservative person? And if I do, then I'm going to have incongruence. I'm going to have distress. I'm going to have anxiety in my life, you say. So I have to come to terms with that. I have to somehow come to terms with the idea that I can't vote for Hillary because that's not my value system. But I have a hard time voting for Trump because of some of the things I hear about him. So you have to reconcile that in some way. So you have to kind of either talk to people or you have to kind of do some more reading or you have to do some thinking about it. But when you actually vote, you need to vote in the context of your own value system, your own attitude, your own faith. Now, if Mr. Trump doesn't fit that particularly well, Maybe you can look at it from the context of saying, well, he doesn't really fit my preferences and my choice at this point in time as of now. But in the long run, over the next four years, over the next eight years, he's the man that I need to vote for. Or you have to say, because he's going to appoint the Supreme Court justices, then I'm going to go with him because I want him to make the choices of who our next Supreme Court justices will be. I don't want Hillary to make that decision. You see, because the Supreme Court justices, and they, the next president could very likely point four new justices. Now, four new justices will turn the tail of the court. Because they, as you know, they serve for about 40 to 50 years. So, you're voting for somebody who's going to make a decision that's going to affect the American way of life, the American value system, for the next 40 or 50 years. So, do you want a liberal candidate, a liberal president making those decisions and choices, or do you want a conservative candidate making those choices? That's kind of one way to kind of come to terms with how you can vote for somebody that doesn't really totally match your value system, totally match what you would prefer and would like in a candidate, but it's better because that person will be making those kind of choices. Or you have to say because of the taxes. One's going to increase taxes, one's going to decrease taxes. My tax will be affected. We have to say my health care is going to be affected. One's going to uh, take health care in one direction, one will take health care in the other direction. So I have to look at those kinds of things. That's what I mean by looking at it in the long term. What's going to be in the best interest of me and my family for the next four, eight years and beyond that? 
and what will be in the best interest of America for the next four to eight years and beyond that, you say. And that helps you kind of think through, even though you don't like some things, is this the person that matches my value system ultimately and will serve my value system in the long run as compared to the short run? So we hear what's going on, we feel distressed with all this, and we have to then make our choices. Now here's the factor that comes to play for people who make decisions and solve problems and make judgments and have to take action, such as voting. You see, if you are in a state of unrest, if you're in a state of distress, if you're in a state of disequilibrium, if you're unsure, if you're insecure, if you're not certain about what you're going to do, if the media has created that for you, made you shake a little bit, made you unstable, unsure of yourself, if if all the media input that you've been exposing yourself to makes you feel that way, then the media has done its job. They're trying to do that. They want you to feel insecure. They want you to feel unsettled because then you're going to be more vulnerable to influence. Social influence will be very likely to take place in your life when you're unstable. When you're stable and you're sure of yourself, you're not going to yield to other people's pressure and and to temptations. You're going to stand firm. So the media tries to create this sense of uneasiness and insecurity and unrest so that you will be vulnerable to the input that the media brings to you and brings before you on news, in the newspaper, magazines, internet, and speeches, and so on. Uh, And then you will be more likely to vote according to the influence of the media that you read and you expose yourself to because of this state of unrest. It's contrived. They've studied this. They know this. This is the psychology of influence. This is a psychology of, of suggestibility, if you will. Become uncertain, create a sense of uneasiness and uncertainty, and then feed the individual with information of a, of a certain kind, of a, in a very narrow point of view, and they'll tend to go with that point of view. And in the case of the media, they're liberal. They have an agenda to make sure Hillary becomes the elected one. So they create the unrest, then they feed you the information about Hillary being the preferred candidate, and hoping that you will then vote for her. And the tendency would be for you to vote for her, because you have this insecurity, and they're going to tell you what to do, and then you're going to get that false sense of security that you've done something right. But in the long run, you violated your own your your own value system. You violated your own faith. You violated your own attitudes. You violated your own morals. So that's not the way to go. Be true to yourself. Make sure that you behave consistent with your attitudes and your values, whether it's your political vote or whether it's what the car you buy or the house you buy or the people you spend time with or how you spend your money and anything else. You've got to keep the consistency if you're going to have a sense of peace about yourself. Otherwise, you're going to live with unrest and uncertainty and a great deal of anxiety. And that's not the way to live. So the American Psychiatric Association kind of hit the cue here. People have a sense of unrest. That's been created in the hopes that they will then be able to influence those people to vote in accordance with how the media wants them to vote. But where are you in it? Where do you stand? What's your value system? What's your pattern of voting? What's your pattern of 
of attitudes, what's your pattern of values, what's your pattern of morals, you say, and be consistent. But look at it in terms of the long run. What's going to happen, not just for the now, not just for next month or this month or for this next six months, but for the next three and four years and then eight years and then 30 to 40 to 50 years there later. You got to keep that idea in mind. So that's going to guide you and be firm with yourself in terms of how you vote. So the choice is yours. And I hope that this has been helpful to you to kind of think it through. This has been Dr. Alan Hedberg with the Psychology Report. And I wish that you uh, would take a look at my website. It's booksbyhedberg.com. Booksbyhedberg.com. There's several books in there that might be very helpful to you as you kind of think through this whole issue of social influence. And um, I recommend to you Living Life at Its Best, one of my books. So take a look at it. And thanks for joining me. And see you again. Bye for now.